Alright, uh, we've been working on the book of Daniel. Okay, and Daniel, we started out, if you remember, we started out with Daniel as a captive, right? Yeah, yes. And he was taken by what nation? Babylon. Babylon, Babylon. yeah. And what, what guy? Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. And he watches Babylon go through its changes and so on, and he becomes... Uh, under King Nebuchadnezzar, he becomes one of the top guys, right? Uh, an advisor to the king, master of the Magi. And as he goes through, uh, he, his career, political career, rises and wanes depending on the king and whomever it is. So then we see um, the new king, which is Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, we think, all right? And Nebuchadnezzar's grandson loses the kingdom, right? And who comes in next? So Babylon was the first one. Who was the next kingdom? Bel Belshazzar. Belshazzar Bel was in Babylon, and Belshazzar sees the handwriting on the wall, and then somebody runs... Medes and Persians. The Medes and the Persians come in, okay, and take over. Remember, they march under the city walls in the river, bad that they divert. And Daniel, then under the Medes and the Persians, eventually has some sort of place in the kingdom and eventually gets thrown into the lion's den, right, for praying because some of the guys that are advisors to the king are jealous of Daniel, right? So he's now through a whole other administration, not only in one kingdom, but he survived the whole next kingdom. And he gets into the Medes and the Persians, and Darius is the guy that throws him in the, the lion's den. And then when he pulls him out of the lion's den the next morning, because he realizes he made a mistake, he changes Daniel's God to the God of the Medes and the Persians, all right? At least under him. Now that sort of rises and wanes as, king, as kings come through. And we begin to see the Medes kind of die out, and it seems like in the end, the Persians get stronger, all right? Although it looked like it was a relationship between them to make the army in the beginning. Right? And in the beginning, it seems like Darius was the Mede, and he was the one taking over, okay? And then slow as we get to the end, we find out that we have Persian kings, all right? So, we find out that Daniel's a man of prayer, right? He's a man of prayer. And how do we know that? What story do we know that from? Because um, the people said no praying for three months. Yep, and he and prays. And he prayed in his window. Every day, right? Three times a day or whatever. He prays every day. So he has made a habit of prayer. Now we're going to see that again coming up in this, in this week as we come closer to the end. We're not quite at the end of the book. Now, that was the first part. Right? And we see these stories, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fiery furnace, all these crazy big stories. And then we started seeing some of these visions Daniel saw, right? So what was the first vision? The vision of, anybody remember? The beasts? Oh, 
You remember that? Yeah. Crazy, weird looking beasts with horns and teeth and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then goats, right? There was a he goat, they call them, right? And all of these represent what? End times, okay? As we, as we see what kingdom come up and then die out. One that has 10 horns on its head, and then some of the horns push the other horns out, and it comes up, and the one little teeny horn ends up being a big horn. So in that, ultimately it's talking of the kings of the earth, but essentially Rome comes out of there, right? Because we know that the Antichrist, who was the little horn, comes out of that kingdom. All right, that's one of the visions, or a few visions that he has. We kind of tied those together because it talks about where and who is taking control of the world. And then he has another vision of 70 weeks. What do we know about 70 weeks? It's actually the week means a year. Okay, the week means a year. And that's how long until from... We're in the middle of the three weeks. Okay, so 70, 70 weeks is 70 times 7, which is 490. Um, <laughs> 70 times 7 is 490 years altogether. Then the last week, the clock got stopped before we get to it. All right, so 69 weeks all occur early on, and we see, as this is prophecy at Daniel's time, he's telling about the nearer future, okay, which now to us is historically in the past, 69 weeks have passed, and then the 70th week is called out as this different time when the same spirit shows back up. And that spirit is the spirit of... Remember this? Yes. Oh, the Antichrist. Spirit of Antichrist comes in. Now, the spirit of Antichrist is not just one man. It is thoughts from whom? Where's this? From Satan, right? They are all going to be the same thoughts again and again. And they are much like Satan's thoughts and his ideas. So what did he have a problem with? Why did Satan get kicked out of heaven? Because he thought he was better than God. He wanted to be God. He had pride was his issue. And so we see the spirit of Antichrist, who is against Christ, Antichrist, right, comes out and pride is the big marker of this. All right, so there are leaders that pop up along the way with what we call the spirit of Antichrist. We're going to see just the, the beginning of one of those today, and they have that spirit of pride. You can't tell me what to do, and God can't tell me what to do. All right, that's a dangerous place to be. But let's dig in and see what happens next. So we have those two sets of visions, the beasts, and then the 70 weeks, and we're setting up for this end times. And so the marker of that 70 weeks, the, set, the 70th week, is who shows up on the scene. How do we know the clock starts again? 
Okay, the temple in Israel that needs to be built. And then the Antichrist. Antichrist comes, okay? And so we see those two markers that are very clear. Hey, we, here we are. So as Christians, we wait for those. And we say, we're coming to that last piece, all right? And if we see that, we know we're there, right? We know, and those prophets... The prophecy comes true. All of the other 69 weeks have already come true. And at the 69th week is when Messiah is cut off. Right? And that's when, uh, that's when Jesus dies and is resurrected all within a short, within that one year, in the last year of the 69th week. And then the age of the church which God gives us grace, which is what we're in right now, to say, expand and tell that story. And that's why the time is a long time before the 70th week comes, where God says, I want you to tell the story of Christ dying on the cross, forgiving people's sins, raising from the dead. This is what we're all about. We're going to tell many people as we can about this until I finally say, end of the world is now. So you live in a time where it could happen at any time. Most all of the markers, the other markers, are already set. It's already in place. And so we wait for some of those last, those last two things to say, it's not. The Antichrist shows up on the scene. So you watch the world leaders. And there are some things you learn about these to see who is it that is this leader that rises up as Antichrist. All right? There are things about him. We live in America, so we think everything revolves around America. Okay? It's not true. Well, we happen to be, or happened to be, superpower, okay, on this earth for a long time. We're kind of waning in that at this point. Many, many nations have risen and fallen. All right? We have no guarantee that ours will stand through to the end times in any great capacity. I mean, the land will still be here, right, in some capacity, but we may not be that superpower at some point. All right? Don't know. We just don't know. Depends on what the plan is, all right? So now we're going to come into this next set of visions. Now here's an interesting thing. Let's go to Daniel chapter number 10. And we are going to see where we are. Daniel chapter number 10, verse number 1. Go ahead and read it, please. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and, the understood, and he understood the thing, and, the, and had un and had understanding of the vision. Alright, so, in the third year of Cyrus, so we are in King Cyrus. King Cyrus. Alright. In the third year of his reign. That's when this vision happens, and it will be significant shortly. Alright? And that's why there's a date in there. This is what happens. All right. Now, Daniel, at this point, we think he's in his late 80s or early 90s. He's an older man at this point and has lived through all these kingdoms and kings 
getting taken over. And remember, originally he was stolen from... He's, he's captive from uh, Israel. All right? He is not supposed to be there, and yet he is there and has been now his entire life. And there has been a big push to get Israelites back into Jerusalem. Big push to get the people of Judah back into Jerusalem. And Daniel's been praying for these things. And it seems as though this may be one of the reasons why the next thing happens. All right, verse number 2 through verse number 9, please. Chapter 10 of Daniel. I ate nothing from bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did anoint. I anoint, yep. I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is a big Then I lift up my eyes and look, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphrates. His body was also like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me for my comeliness, my good-lookingness, was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, when I was in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. Alright, so, this is a kind of a weird thing that happens, but he seems to be that he is with a group of people by a river, and they, it appears like they are praying. Alright, not 100% sure, doesn't say that in all ways, but in the midst of him praying... Now, they've been praying for 21 days. And for, well, more than that, actually, in the end, it was 24 days. 21 days, he has not eaten any good bread. Now, I don't know if he ate anything at all, but either way, he did not bathe. He did not take care of himself. When it says he didn't anoint himself, he's just there for 21 days. Anybody ever sat for two days without eating? <laughs> okay. How about 10? How about 20? Nobody, nobody. I mean, 21 days is a long time without eating, all right, or taking care of yourself. But he is so intensely trying to connect, I think, with God. Finally, what happens is he has a vision. Now, all the people around him do not see it, but they hear something. And he, it says he's like he's on a Deep sleep, laying flat on the ground, face on the ground. All right? Kind of weird. But what does he see? Hmm? A vision. A vision of? A man. 
a man or a being, all right, whose eyes are like lightning, no, his face is like lightning and eyes like burning lamps of fire, all right, who looks like his skin is polished brass, he's got golden clothes on, and when he talks, it said he sounds like a huge crowd, thousands and thousands of people as he just says words. All right? This is power. This is majesty. And if we were to go ahead several hundred years, we would see a very, very similar vision. Now, it doesn't say who he is. This golden guy. Okay? <laughs> doesn't say who he is, but we find out that John, in the book of Revelation, has a very similar vision, uh, looking and describing the same being of brass skin and eyes of fire and all of these things, golden clothing. And in that vision, he says he is the ancient of days. And it goes on to describe him is the very powerful God who died and was resurrected. So this is Jesus, but he's not like standing on earth in a human form. He is in his glory, all right? And that's what it appears to be, though it never says it. Now, notice, what is he like? He can't even stand in the face of it. It's like he's unconscious because he is so powerful in, in front of him. And yet he can describe what he looks like, all right? It's a strange spot that he's in, but this is after... 21 days. He's been waiting. Now, why did it take God 21 days to show up? We're going to find out. We are going to find out because he says. We don't even have to guess. Verse number 10 through 14, please. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. By the way, before you keep going, what appears to have happened is not that the Ancient of Days, or not that this great vision of Jesus grabs him. It is an angel that comes. All right? He shows up. This angel comes and helps him up to his knees, okay? Because he's still laying flat down. Jesus is gone, and this angel grabs him on the shoulders and says, Get up! And he gets up to his knees. All right, keep going. I've, got, I've, I've been told to come and help you, is what this angel says. Then he said unto me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from... The first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and chasten thyself before thy God, to thy words were heard, and I come before thy words. All right, before we go on with that, he said, The first day God heard your words. So this is where we think that he's been praying for 24 days now. 
21 days without food. All right? Praying for 24 days now, trying to get an answer from God. What is this about? Well, it appears to be about the kingdom. Now, this angel now has something to tell Daniel. I was sent to you 24 days ago. But, or 21 days ago. But, go ahead. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. But lo, Michael, mm-hmm. one of the chief princes came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am coming to thee, make, come to, come to make thee understand what thou shalt Befall thy people in the latter days, but yet the vision is for many days. Alright, so this messenger from heaven, whom God sent, said, I came right away. But there's a guy who stopped me on the way, whom he describes as the Prince of Persia, right? Know what it says there? Prince of Persia. He withstood me. He held me back for 21 days. I had a message from God to you. And I got held back for 21 days by this prince of Persia. Do you think the prince of Persia is the king of the physical land of Persia? Don't you think an angel could just do what he wanted and no human could stop him? Pretty much. And we know that because as we read on, there's a new guy. He said, I got in trouble and this guy was holding me back. This prince of Persia was holding me back for 21 days. And I went back and got Michael. Ooh, the world's Michael, right? <laughs> hey, Mike, I need you. Come. I, he won't, this guy won't let me through. Now, what we find out here is we have, in this vision of this angel, who is this real angel, they're peeling back the veil of the unseen world. All right? There is a spiritual unseen world, and we know it exists from multiple different verses that happen, but we know this, this spiritual world is happening with the demons and the angels. Okay, Spiritual beings are out there that can influence us. And God exists not only in that realm, but in these realms, in all realms, God exists. All right? But so do these other creatures. Some have fallen. And it seems like Satan has taken the lead in those because Satan was, it said, when he was in heaven before he fell, he was the top angel under God. But there also seems to be this other guy, Michael. Now, Michael, we, we have come to know them as something we would call an archangel, all right? Or if you were to make an arch, it's spelled like an arch, all right? If you were to make an arch, you would say the guy at the top. He's the top. This is the top layer 
of this arch. So in within the angels, there seems to be limitations of power on some of the lower guys. Now, lower guys, we couldn't fight the lowest angel. Not for one second. We lose, all right? But within God's power that he put in that being and those set of beings, there is a hierarchy of power. And when Satan split off, he recreated, because he does that with anything God does, he recreated his hierarchy of power. And so he's got one whom they refer to as the Prince of Persia that withheld and said, you cannot get to Daniel. You're not allowed to get there. And he withstood it for 21 days. So he's been like in a battle trying to cross and do what God asked him to do for 21 days. And he says, i got to go back and get reinforcements. And he goes back and he gets Michael. All just so that God's message isn't delivered. That's all it's about. You cannot get there. The word of God is that powerful and that perfect. He's going to tell him this message so much so that the angels... The demon side of angels, the fallen angels, tried to stop this message. Now, why is that? Well, what we will find it is this is one of the most specific sets of prophecy that covers several hundred years. And it's going to be historically coming true starting five years from when Daniel has this prophecy. It's going to begin. We're going to see a whole series of events. And it is exact and perfect, just as God said, here's the message, go tell Daniel all these things and have Daniel write it down, put it in this book, and you will know that I am God. And the Prince of Persia, probably Satan talking to the Prince of Persia, or whether that is maybe even Satan, we don't know. All right? Himself says, you're not allowed to get by me, not with that message. And so for 21 days, there's a stop. Here's a thing to think about. Your prayers, why aren't they sometimes answered? I don't know, but I do know there's things in our heart that need to be changed, and there's other things that happen, but sometimes there are battles going on which we do not understand. Why, if we have the right motive and the right heart and we ask God and it's God's will, why doesn't it just happen immediately? Well, there may be something going on behind the scenes. A spiritual battle, as it were. Someone holding something else up who says, I don't want you to get that message out there. All right? So be patient and understand there's more happening. So here's Daniel. He says, here's the message. The, the angel goes get Michael the archangel, and Michael comes and takes down the prince of Persia. Says, He's going through. All right. So we know that Michael is a, it appears like he is the top in the archangels, the archangels. All right. We also see one other time in the Bible where Michael is mentioned. When Moses dies, God buried him on the mountain. And if, they, if the people would have had Moses' body, they would have worshipped the body. So what did Satan want? Give me the body of Moses. He went to get the body of Moses. 
and it said there was a, a battle, a dispute, and Michael had to withstand Satan himself, Lucifer, and say, you cannot have this body. God said there it slays, and that's it. So there is power happening beyond the scenes that is looking out for the interests of humanity through God. All right? There is also power that is trying to withstand God. So, here we are. Here's what's going to happen. This crazy thing happens. And I'm about to tell you about a really rough time coming in Israel. It's going to be tough. And I'm going to tell you how the world is going to lay out over the next few hundred years. Here's how the leadership's going to be passed down. Now remember, where is he? He's in the third year of King Cyrus, who is what? What? Nation? Medes and the Persians. So remember the golden statued head with the bronze? Well, it was silver body. That's the Medes and the Persians. Who's next in the kingdom? Greece. Greece. And who's last? Rome. Rome. All right. We know they're coming from the earlier, but we don't know how it's going to happen. Well, now, this is how it happens. Verse number two. I'm going to just read through a couple of these and just comment on these in interest of time. Verse 2 of chapter 11, as we go through, all right? And now I will show thee a truth. Behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than they all. And by his strength, through all his riches, he shall stir up against the realm of Grecia, okay? So, we have four more kings in Persia coming. Now remember, he's in King Cyrus, okay? So if you go back in history of the Persian Empire, and you go back to this date, 534 B.C., which is when this happens, this is the exact date that we know that Daniel did this, five years later, Cyrus is gone. A new king comes on the scene whose name is Cambyses. You ever heard of him? Me neither, all right? Doesn't really matter, that's one. Then comes in 522, seven years later, Pseudo Somerdis. He was pretty awesome, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know. And then comes uh, one year later, after that, in 521 BC, Darius Hystespis. Also pretty awesome, I'm sure. And then finally, one more shows up on the scene. That's four, by the way. Xerxes. You heard of him before. Xerxes. And I believe, and many believe, that this is the same Xerxes that was in the kingdom of Persia with Queen Esther. Okay? So that's the Ahasuerus or Xerxes that's there. So, four, four, or four, this way. All right, four kings that come along and then he's going to start trouble with Greece. That last king could be really rich, and he's going to start trouble with Greece. Well, guess what King Xerxes does? He tries to invade Greece. The Battle of Thermopylae, and he is destroyed. Doesn't work out too well. Because who's coming next after Babylon and the Medes? Greece. Now, when Xerxes is destroyed and he loses that battle, they basically begin to fade away as a nation, and they, you, you never heard of any other kings of Persia, right? But that fourth king was when 
he was going to start trouble with Greece. Until then, they didn't. Now, he says, I'm going to go take Greece over because I want that. And Greece says, no, you're not. Now, it's a while later in 335, it's about 150 years later, somebody shows up on the scene whom you have heard of, verse number 3, and a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided towards the four winds of heaven and not for his posterity, nor according to his dominion which he ruled, for the kingdom shall be plucked up even for those beside. In the year 335, Alexander the Great rides in. This great and mighty king who takes over the world. Here it is, Greece. He has now taken over the world. Fantastic, he's done a great job. And it is only 13 years later, he dies as a drunk with no children. His four, count them, four, like I said, it says the four winds will take them, right? Four generals split the kingdom of Greece up. And of course, when you put four generals in, in order of four quadrants, they essentially just become separate nations and just fade away. And Greece is gone. He did so much in such a short time. And they, the culture of Greece took place. But he is making place, finally, for this new thing that's going to come along. All right? And the next new one that comes along, he says, what's going to happen? He explains about the king of Egypt, which if you were to go through history, you could find out the king of Egypt all of a sudden steps up. All kinds of crazy things happen, and the Syria and Egypt are the big battling powers. Now, this is all what God is telling Daniel before it ever happened. And you can read the history book, and it's exactly like he said. And each little step, he says, there'll be, a, there'll be a princess that steps up and is given the kingdom. And they will make a marriage between Egypt and Syria. And there's a lady named Bernice. All right? And she makes this marriage to tie these two kingdoms together, but it says it won't last long. In fact, she'll be destroyed. But the root, a branch of her root, so if you go back to her roots, which are her mom and dad, a branch off the roots, which are her brother, comes in and takes over. Okay? And all of these specific things, as you keep reading and reading, it gets passed over and transferred. Then there's a guy that comes in that's raising taxes. And then all of a sudden, one last guy shows up on the scene. Essentially, you could read through history and look at it and watch as the kingdoms come out. Antiochus Epiphanes IV comes out. He is a leader using flattery and power. He usurps a throne. He lies. And he tries to take over Rome. But there is a navy, a Roman navy, that comes in and beats him. All right? This man, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, is what we call the spirit of Antichrist. He is very angry. He is against God in every way. And when, he, when, the, when the ships of Chittim, which actually are the ships of Rome, come out, he blames God. 
He goes into Israel and he takes the most disgusting thing he can think to do to an Israelite. Israelites were never allowed to touch a pig. They were never allowed to an unclean animal. All right? They were only supposed to sacrifice sheep, right? Cows, sheep, goats, no pigs. So he takes a pig and he marches into the temple and he sacrifices a pig on the altar of the temple just to say, I am more powerful than God. I don't care what God says. He sets up a big thing to the God of Mercury, okay, Roman God, and in his anger, he comes in and says, you must follow me, you must worship me. And that's why we say he is like that spirit of Antichrist. Now, many are going to, many were killed, it talks about people are going to be killed, and only those people who know their God, it says, will do things. They will do amazing and heroic things. And that comes out in several groups as they start to stand up. The people that know God, they stand up against those people. Now, just to finish this up, if you want to have and do amazing things in your life, you've got to know God. All right? Antiochus Epiphanes IV is that spirit of Antichrist. When the real Antichrist comes, it will be no different. It will be hard on those who believe. But if you want to survive and do what God wants you to do, learn about your God. Know your God. Be close to your God. It says those are the people that when the hard times will come, they will stand. That's what we're preparing for next time. Next time we'll learn more about the Antichrist and the final end times. All right, thank you very much.